or two weeks ago. But before I do, if you guys are struggling with a trial, if you guys are struggling with something that's coming against you, that song, if you sing that song, I, I'm telling you, from my own personal experience, it is going to bring you peace, knowing that He is fully in control of your life. I sang that song to get me to sleep many a nights during a great trial that I was dealing with. Because when we do put our face upon Jesus, the things of this world do grow strangely dim, and they don't matter. All right. Well, that's the sermon today. No. James chapter 1, verse 22. James writes, Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently in his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Father God, we open up your word this morning and we pray, Father God, that we would receive it with open hearts. Help me deliver it, Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit and help it resonate in the hearts of all of us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Please be seated. I want to start off this morning with a question. If you were to rate yourself on a level of obedience to God's Word, how would you rate yourself? With 10 being the most committed, the most disciplined, and the most obedient. How would you rate yourself? It's an interesting question. Let me ask another question. When people see you, not hear you, not hear what you say, not hear what you teach, not hear what you preach, not hear what you, 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 you proclaim, separate of what you say, but people who just watch you. Is your life defined by the Word of God? Would they see it? So that's the question I have for you this morning. Because what we're going to be talking about this morning is being doers of the Word and how important that is. It's so important that James dedicates a few verses to speak about it directly in an area in which you would think he wouldn't have to say that at all. Doesn't that just go with the flow of being a Christian? Well, we're going to examine that this morning. Now, two weeks ago, we, we talked about how we are to receive the Word of God versus James chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. And in those scriptures, we're, we're shown that we are to receive the Word of God by being what? Quick to hear which means quick to listen, not just to hear the noise, but to listen 
and cognitively understand what we're hearing. We're to be slow to speak, meaning slow to response. We need to be slow. Allow that listening to penetrate us, prepare us, and ground us. And then we're to be slow to anger. And we talked about how sometimes we hear the Word of God either from a preaching or a teaching or a mentor or a friend who's showing you the Word of God as it relates to your life. And there's conflict. You become angry. And so we are to receive the Word of God in a proper way so that it can do its work. Now this morning, James continues in that same theme in that how we receive the Word of God is now how are we to be obedient to it and what happens when we do or maybe when we don't. So we're going to explore these verses these are familiar scriptures. You might even have them memorized, and you might even quote them. But my hope this morning is that by examining them, we'll have a deeper understanding of them. And when we have a deeper understanding of them, maybe we live them out and allow them to be written on our heart. So let's start with verse 22. Again, it says, But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. James continues in this theme in receiving God's Word by now emphasizing the other and more important aspect, and that's doing. That's being obedient to it. Now, like I said, isn't this obvious? Why does James even need to say this? Doesn't this go with what the Christian experience is? Well, the reason why he does, and many commentators, and they speculate on this, and I would have to agree with them, is that in the churches that James is writing to, there were converted Jews, and Jews held a high regard as it related to the Word of God, but would soon forget what they heard and failed to practice it. The, the, the Old Testament and even the New Testament is filled with stories where God's Word spoke and they received it, and then yet, soon after, they walked in disobedience to it. A great example of this, if you want to turn with me, is to Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, I hope there's one in front of you there. In Romans chapter 2, I'm going to be reading out of 17, verses 17 through 25. Romans chapter 2, verses 17 through 25. Now this is Paul speaking. But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know His will and approve what is excellent, because you are instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you yourselves are a guide to the blind, those that don't believe, a light to those who are in darkness, those who don't know, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you not steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you not rob temples? You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blaspheme among the Gentiles because of you. Now what is Paul writing about? And how does it fit in what we're talking about? 
Well, you know what he's saying here? He's saying you hold to the Word of God supreme as we should, but you don't hold to the same level in its obedience. You pride yourself on knowing God's Word. You pride yourself on teaching God's Word. You pride yourself on sharing God's Word. And yet, you don't do what God's Word says. And as a result, you not only show the world hypocrisy, but as James says, you deceive yourself. You deceive yourself. And this can happen to us as well, what Paul is writing. We can deceive ourselves by just hearing the Word of God. Now, self-deception used here by James means to be deceived by means of fallacious reasoning, meaning you are deceived by way of a mistaken belief within yourself. And let me tell you, it is the most dangerous of deceptions. Because deceptions that come from the outside in, from somebody else, or from the schemes of the enemy, you can discern those because you're on your defense, hopefully. But when those deceptions generate from within, they come from you. Brothers, that's true deception. And it's a hard one to be delivered of because why? It originated from you and you will defend it with pride. How many of you have ever held a position that you were so confident in until some information came in that made you go, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I'm not fully right here. Or have you ever met a person who holds to an ideal and you know that the principles of their ideal is not based in fact or truth and yet they won't come off their position? It's because self-deception that generates from within is the most dangerous and difficult deception to deal with. And it's because we have a mistaken belief. And what is the deception we're talking about? That we feel good about ourselves because we hear the Word of God. We're blessed by hearing the Word of God. We come to Sunday school class, we hear the Word of God, we come to uh, Sunday services, we sing the Word of God, we hear a preaching from the Word of God, we come on Wednesday, we learn even more about the Word of God, and in our daily devotionals, we, again, hear a lot more of the Word of God. And we think we're fine, that we've done our duty. I like what Alistair Begg says. He says, you can be charmed by the Word of God and not be changed by it. You could be charmed by the Word of God, but not changed by it. Darla would drag me before I committed my life to the Lord. She would drag me to Sunday services, and, and being an ex, uh, ex-Catholic, I always loved the homilies from the priest, right? Let's get past the pageantry and past all this singing and fellowship, and I don't want to shake your hand. I want to hear the meat. And she would take me to those services, and I would sit there in my pride while everybody's standing up and worshiping. I'd sit there in my pride, my arms crossed like you people don't. And then the sermon would come, and I'd be all ears. 
and I'd walk out a heathen just like I walked in. I was charmed by the word. Oh, wow, I preached a good sermon. Didn't do anything. We could be the same way. We could be the same way. Listen, you heard me say this once before. The life of a believer is one of being in a sanctifying transformation. You're changing. The Word of God is changing you by way of the power of the Holy Spirit. When you enter into this Christian experience, you're not going to be the same person. Tomorrow, Thursday, next Sunday, if you're obedient to God's Word, because God's Word will change your life. But we have to allow it to do that. Listen, you can read all the books you want. You can, you can take every discipleship class we offer. You can listen to this sermon online, every sermon we have online, and many others. You can listen to KFLK, The Flock, and listen to all your favorite pastors give great sermons. You can know all the doctrine in the world. You can have knowledge of all the scriptures. You can still miss the mark. You could still miss the mark. That was the problem of the Pharisees. Oh, they knew the law, and they held your feet to the fire. But they were hypocrites. Hypocrites. They didn't follow what they taught. They didn't follow what they commanded people to do. Listen, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, we are to renew our mind, right? We need to do renewed thinking of how we live this life in Christ. We are to tear up the old tracks, those old trains of thought, and we are to lay new tracks based upon the Word of God. That's what the Word of God says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. But it also says this, Blessed rather are those who hear the Word of God and keep it. Who said that? Jesus did. Jesus said that in Luke eleven twenty eight. And this is why James is saying this, because he knows you and me. He knows that the hardest part of this Christian experience is being obedient to the Word of God. Because it takes sacrifice. It takes setting us aside and allowing the Word of God to do its work. Reading is easy. Listening is easy. Doing. That takes commitment. Now to further his point, James uses it in an illustration here in verses 23 through 24. He says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. You ever done that? Ever done that? Ever walked out of the house with a little bit of shaving cream on your face? Men? <laughs> or your hair's not where you want it to be, women? I know Adam struggles with that every day. What am I going to do with this? <laughs> he is going to hit me with his scooter. <laughs> you know, there's a story of a professor who had unruly hair. I mean, way out of control hair. So in order to train it, he used one of his wife's barrettes to hold it down in a specific, specific piece of his hair in order to train it. And he would put that in in the morning after he got out of the shower. And as he would walk 
out the door, he would look at himself in the mirror. And then he left, not realizing he had the barrette in his hair. And all the people he encountered, over 200 people, he thought, not one of them said anything. And when the professor came home, his wife asked why he had a barrette in his hair. And he went into the mirror and he seen that he failed to take it out in the morning. I tell the story because when we look at James, what James is saying in this illustration, by the words he uses,